So, man, it's Christmas, right? I love, uh, I'm usually so casual here, mostly because I don't know how to be But uh, I just love, sort of, this is a little bit more formal than kind of lighting. <clears throat> lighting a candle and doing a reading. And, uh, man, I just love walking through that at Christmas. Um, it's Christmas not only because we played Christmas music when we started, but because we lighted the candle and the candle and all that. By the way, um, Sam, did we want to work on this year? Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
couple months ago, or whatever it's called now, you know. But, um, but anyway, without getting into too much detail, like one of them is having a baby. And if you've watched the show, you know, they do the, the non-drugs, you know, the, the all-natural childbirth. And all I can say about that episode is, is I wouldn't say Silent Night to describe the night that this baby was Right? That just doesn't seem to be the picture. And so here's what we're talking about. Is if we're just going to be real honest about the story that Scripture's telling. A teenager had a baby in a barn with no epidural, and it just seems like Silent Night doesn't capture the idea. Right? It doesn't seem to be the, the picture that Scripture is painting. Accordingly, a bunch of middle-class white black people predominantly across the city of New Orleans wearing sweater vests and thugs or whatever people wear. Uh, anybody wears thugs anymore. People doing that, sitting around the Christmas tree or even in the sanctuary singing Silent Night also doesn't look a whole lot like uh, first century Christmas. It was a lot different than what we do. So, so the big question is, to me, is what really happened? You know, like what's the real story of Christmas? If we're going to jump in, we're going to spend a month talking about Christmas. We want to talk about the very real thing. Here's the thing that I think is pretty interesting, is the biblical story of Christmas is not just one story. For one, it's three stories. It's told in three different places. And, and so it's a story that's told by a lot of different people, and it includes a heck of a lot of different characters. See, here's the idea. The characters in the story of Jesus, kings, farmers, carpenters, and then you got three men in there that could have been anything from scientists to history teachers to priests. you got all different kinds of people viewing the story of Jesus totally different vantage point. And I think that the reason that we get all these incredibly different stories is because whether you're an Ebenezer Scrooge or a buddy of the elf when it comes to Christmas, there's somebody in here that you can probably relate to. So here we go. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. Uh, we, just, we just met Mary and Joseph, and, and Jesus has just been born. He's not even named yet, so he doesn't, doesn't even have a name. They're still in the barn. And that's kind of where we catch up with them. And if the story isn't unlikely enough, then we meet some seriously unlikely characters that if you were a first century Christian, you would never believe that these people would make it into the story. So here we go, Luke chapter 2, verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel of the Lord said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Imagine this, the entire heavens saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those who are Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Man, I mean, I can almost say that without even having to read If you're a first century Christian, the first time you hear this, as soon as they bring up shepherds, you're like, oh, wait just a minute. Because it's sort of like you telling the story of the, of the Christmas service that we do in here, and you're like, you, you tell the whole story of the Christmas service, and then, and, then you, and then you start talking about somebody you saw on the way home. You know, like you saw some, some you know, 
homeless people where you saw somebody that you would say, how does that make it into the story at all? Surely we've moved on to a totally different story. These people don't belong. The magi, those people belong. Smart people, educated people. That's the people that you think. If God is going to use someone to first spread the word into the world that the Savior has come, it's probably going to be those people. But it's definitely not going to be, you know, definitely not going to be a shepherd. And so when we look at this story, uh, you notice that despite the fact that one, that one of Israel's greatest kings was a shepherd and he was a child, shepherds were not a big deal. And so if you've ever felt like just one in seven billion, I was actually reading a message the other day from 1980, and he said, if you've ever felt like one in four billion, which I thought was pretty funny, but anyway, uh, if you've ever felt like one in seven billion, you know, and, and like even the people closest to you didn't value your then you, at many times, have had very much so a shepherd mentality. And shepherds were people that just, their opinion wasn't valued all that much, and they were very much so a number. And if you've ever felt that way, you've felt like them, and you've been where they are. And that's maybe why I think that all, in, you know, in like chapter, in verse 10, all of heaven had to break loose in order for these shepherds to get the idea that someone was telling them about Jesus. And you see the whole heavens open, and that's how they tell these shepherds a story. I mean, look at it. The, when, the, when the angel first appears, it's one angel. He's telling these few shepherds a story. And look, I don't know if you're a shepherd. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a study historian. I'm not a historian. I don't know if shepherds are drug users or anything like that, right? But I think if somebody came and told me, you know, if one shepherd came and told me, well, an angel appeared to me and told me that the Savior had I would think that someone had slipped something into his drink. You know, that doesn't sound very believable. But if 10 or 20 shepherds came and said, that whole glow you saw in the sky, you know, when you looked this way and it was incredible and it was unlike anything you could imagine, that glow you saw, that was the entire sky lit up with thousands or millions of angels, this entire army of angels, and they were telling us that the Savior had been and I think that's why God kind of does it like this. I think it's pretty interesting yet again that every time an angel appears, you remember this? I feel like I say this all the time. Every time an angel appears in scripture, what do they say first? Yeah, they say, don't be afraid, right? Um, because if an angel appeared to you in your bedroom, you would be pretty incredibly afraid. So the angel appears to them, and the first thing he says is, don't be afraid. And I think it goes beyond the fact that this is an angel to the, to, to the point that to be a, a marginal person like a lot of us regular middle class people, fear makes up a lot of who we are. We live in some state of fear that our children won't grow up and provide for themselves. Anybody else ever you know, fear that? We live in some state of fear that our children won't get a good education, fear that our job will end and we won't be able to find a new one. Fear that we'll never get married. Fear that we'll always get married to the same person. You know, all the kind of fears about people. Uh, fear that we'll fail. Fear that we won't finish college. Fear that someone close to us will die. Fear that, you know, we'll talk about Jesus and get it all wrong. And we'll be the weird one, you know. And all these different kind of things. Fear just characterizes much of who we are. And that's why I think the angel's message to these, these few shepherds really resonates when he says, hey, look, don't be afraid. I'm about to tell you something that's going to solve all your fears. And it's about to be so much bigger than all the things you worry about. The angel says, don't fear. But also says, I've got good news for you. 
and I want you to tell them here. And so here's what I would say. Much like your story and my story, the shepherd's story, the story that the angel tells them, the shepherd's story is, is, is about simple people, these shepherds. It's about simple people that are called to do something for you. That's the story of the shepherd. And that's the story for you and me, too, is we are simple people that God has called to do something great, most specifically to tell the greatest story ever told. And the same thing that the shepherds were called to do when Jesus came is the same thing we're called to do. If I can be dramatic for just a minute, because if I'm not enough, but right? um, if I can be dramatic for just a minute. In, in 1839, this kid named Mark was born. Mark was born to a middle-class family. He was born in, uh, in Missouri, way out in the country somewhere. Um, Mark would go to drop out of school after the fifth grade and uh, had a series of unsuccessful careers, pretty much unsuccessful in almost every endeavor that he took on. Uh, he would propose to a woman. She would say, no, I mean, most things didn't go super well for him. Eventually, the same woman would say yes, as he would down a little bit. She said yes. He ended up, after a bunch of failed careers, landing on a pretty successful one. If you're a literature nut, you already know that this is Mark is Mark Twain. And so Mark Twain, with a fifth grade education, largely unsuccessful in almost every business venture that he took on, penned a book that a lot of times, a few books that we include in the greatest American novels. Right? Sometimes we would call some of his books the great American novel. And, and the thing that I think is, is when, when Mark Twain talks about telling stories, which is a thing he's the very best at, when he talks about telling stories, he says this. He says, I do not claim that I can tell a story as it ought to be told. I only claim to know how a story ought to be told. And as you read, this is the beginning of a paper that Markman writes. And, and as, you, as you read through the paper, sort of what he's saying is, I don't always get the delivery right. And I don't always say it just like I should, right? But it may sound terrible when I say it, but here's what I do know. I've worked hard to know how the story ought to be told. And my delivery may stink sometimes, but I'm saying the right things, and I've worked hard to be able to say it right. And when it comes to you telling the story of Jesus, it's not so much about nailing the delivery. If anybody is proof that you could not nail the delivery, and some good things can still happen, it's me, right? And I can screw up constantly when I'm up here and I'm preaching, but somehow God leads through that and says something that impacts your heart. You don't have to nail the delivery when you talk to people about Jesus. It's just about telling the truth. And it's about telling the truth with enthusiasm, because how could you not tell the story of Jesus without some level of enthusiasm? You know, the greatest story ever told. That's what it's like to tell people about Jesus. So here we go. Look how the shepherd's story ends. Pick it up in verse 15. When the angels have left them, so they're still in the, they're still in the field, the angels go, the angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph, the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they saw him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard this story were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God all the things they've heard and seen, which were just as they were told. Are you beginning now, as you just hear the story again, to get sort of a glimpse of the real Christmas story? The real Christmas story is, is a small, dark town with no electricity, right? It's really dark. I mean, there are no 
the street lights. They're kind of out on the fringe. And it's a small, dark town. The only light you see is from lamps, oil lamps, and fires. And in this little bitty dark town, there is a really smelly barn. We went here in the country this week, and we went to see my grandparents. And if you just remember, when you walk into the barn, and there's this barn with only a fire and a light in place, and the barn really, really stinks. And there's not this majestic, you know, mother and father, you know, like this right here, right? It doesn't really look like that. Instead, you've got this young teenage girl who just rode really pregnant on a donkey, right, for a long ways, and then had a baby. And so she's not feeling great, right? She's pretty weary. And then you've got a baby in a trough wrapped in some clothes. I mean, it's not a very majestic scene. Uh, scripture tells us that Jesus was probably not a very cute baby, right? Go read Isaiah 53, 2. Don't be mad at me for saying all babies are cute. But if you read Isaiah 53, 2, it says that nothing about this baby was all that impressive. Nothing about the coming Messiah that you just laid eyes on it would say, this is clearly the Messiah. And despite the fact that when you see the picture of baby Jesus, he's sort of glowing in there, you know, he really didn't look like that. And there really wasn't much of a sight to see. And had you not already known like the shepherds did, had they not painted this picture for you, that this is what Jesus would look like, you would have never known, and you would have walked right past him. And then as you get there and you see this baby and this mother and you start to put the pieces together and you realize that the ugly truth is that this young girl just gave birth in a pasture and these people don't know where they're going to sleep and there are animals everywhere and it's just not a picture that is quite so, quite so clean and quite so simple as, as the one we put forth sometimes. Now, this is the Christmas story. This is one of the reasons why I think the shepherds telling their stories is so significant. Because imagine you're Mary and Joseph, and the angels appear to you. The angel says, uh, Mary, you're going to give birth, and, it, and this baby is going to be the Savior. And next thing you know, you're in a barn, and Joseph didn't call ahead and make reservations, you know, and his carpentry career hasn't taken off yet, and everything's not going well, and it seems like everything's going terrible, and you've got to be thinking, maybe the angel made him second child, you know, but surely not this child. This cannot be the way that the Savior comes into the world. And mind you, on top of all of that, they're going to pay their taxes. And so everything just seems to be not going very well. And I would imagine that at some point in there, there's some level of doubt. And then all of a sudden, these simple shepherds who decided that they were just going to do what they had been commanded to do, they show up, and they just come this is exactly what it's supposed to look like. And this is exactly what the angel told us. That this is exactly how we saw it. I can't believe it's all here. And you've got to know that this is exactly what they're going to do. And scripture even tells us that it was so significant. These guys showing up and these guys sharing this truth that was significant. Her scripture says she hid this from heart. And the significance of you telling your story, the significance of these shepherds telling the story is that it just gives some affirmation that things are okay. Whether you're a mechanic or an accountant or a teacher or secretary or cashier or nurse or all the other things I didn't mention, God has put someone in the world for you to speak to. 
And I think that there's something we can pick up from these shepherds. It's that truth. And the message may not come from a thousand angels, but it does involve biblical truth. And it may involve you encouraging someone. And it may be just the thing that they needed to hear. And if when God tells you and puts it on your heart to speak to someone and to speak truth and to encourage it, you'll be faithful to do that. It'll make a difference that you can't make. You can tell people that everything's going to be okay. Not because you know that everything's going to be okay. But because you know that God is sovereign. Sovereign is just a real fancy word to mean that God is completely in control. And even though a TV evangelist or a preacher in a pulpit can tell them, God prefers to use shepherds. And he prefers to use people who don't have any interior motive for telling truth other than the fact that God has called them to tell truth. He prefers to use people like you and people like me. So here's what these guys did. We kind of come to the end of the story. These shepherds did more than just tell the story of Mary and Joseph. They told the story of everybody. And this is a world, tell me if this is familiar, this is a time and place where people have grown really weary of the religious establishment. And they've grown really weary of people, of, of religious leaders telling them this and telling them that. And so in a world where they had grown so weary of hearing this from religious leaders, a shepherd was just the right person to tell them that Jesus is that sounds pretty familiar to me. What would mean more to you? A pastor standing up here and yet again telling you that you need Jesus? Or you go to the dentist, and the dentist, who you've known for a long time, who's a really nice guy, he's not a weird quack and all those different kind of things, and the dentist is telling you about Jesus because he just can't help it because it means so much to him. And you think, you know, this, I don't me giving to the church doesn't pay my men a salary and me, you know, or any of those kind of things. He has no other reason to tell you about Jesus other than the fact that it just means everything to him. And, and when you are faithful, rather than just me up here to speak the truth that God has called you to speak, man, that's what God gets waves to the church. Um, you guys saw this video, and uh, these were missionaries in China. One of the things that we do uh, over this month is we give to the Lighting and Christmas offering. The Lighting and offering actually helps support international missionaries. And, and those two people were international missionaries, and they're able to go to China because Lottie Moon, years ago, went to China and paid the way for missionaries to be able to go there. Um, but one of the things that, that these guys will do One of the things that these missionaries will do is just be faithful and start telling their story, right? And they won't go as preachers. They'll just walk around the street and tell people their story. But here's what I want you to know. There's a church planning. There are more Chinese Christians, you can imagine. There are more Chinese Christians in the world than there are American Christians. There are, there, now, now, the percentage of the population is Christian is much smaller, but there are tons of Chinese people. And so there are more Chinese Christians than there are American Christians. And here's why. Not because there are pastors and churches all over China, but because Chinese people who go to work in all different kind of sectors and do all different kind of normal jobs just decided that they were going to start talking about Jesus. And as a result, the church plan moved to spread all across China. And that's the reason that we're sending this there because people are becoming believers and then they're like, I don't even know what this means. I'll be more about what it means to follow Jesus. But this church plan movement spread throughout this communist country just because some believers, not I'm just going to start telling people about Jesus. So the story of the shepherds at Christmas is pretty simple. It's just 
The story of the shepherds is just simple people called to do some extraordinary things for God. Um, this week, and you'll know when it happens, um, but this week I guarantee you that God will put someone in your life who will give you the opportunity to, to encourage someone with, with just some, some, some biblical truth or to give you the opportunity to tell the gospel story about what Jesus did for you. And now that you're looking for it, you will absolutely hear it. And the burden will be on you to speak up. And the burden will be on you to do just what the shepherds did, to just be a regular person that talks about Jesus. And the more that you look for opportunities for God to use you to speak and to say things that are very important, the more you'll see the opportunity. As we wrap up, I'll tell you this. You are, please hear this, you are, I am, we are all one of two things. We are either a simple person, just a regular guy that's called to a girl, that's called to tell the greatest story of a child. Simple person that's called to do a life, to serve people, and to serve others, to live out of faith, and not do it quietly and passively, but to do it actively and truthfully. And we are either that, or we're a simple person that's called to respond to the gospel. Called to respond to Jesus' call to follow him and to be saved not from insignificance or addiction or fulfillment or all those things that are byproducts and are great things about following Jesus, but called to be saved from sin and guilt. And you are either one one or the other. But what we were never called to be is a Christian who just sits by. And you can scroll through all the pages of Scripture, or flip, or however, whatever kind of version you read, right? You can go through every single page, and you won't see a Christian in here who's just called to be quiet. So my, my prayer, and that's not just a transition for me to say this right now, my real prayer for you is that whatever side of that you're on, wherever you fall, that you would just be humble and open enough to say, God, this is where I am. What would you have me do? And if you'll just be humble and open to say, God, this is where I am, what would you have me do? Let me guarantee you that he will speak to you in return. And it won't be an audible voice. Maybe it will be an obscurity of death, but most likely it won't be. But it'll be clear the way that God has made you go. Let me pray. God, I praise you for um, the Christmas story. And I praise you that there are some people in this story that are just a lot like me and just pretty regular and pretty simple. And uh, God, I thank you that these regular, simple guys are willing to say, God, whatever you call me to do, whatever you call me to say, I'm going to be faithful to do that. And God, I pray that I would be that same person. And I pray for, for the other side, for people that have said, simple person, but, but not, not someone who follows Jesus. And God, I just pray that the people in our lives will just be willing to say, God, you know, here I am, and this is what I am, and, and if, you, if you're real, and you would have me do something, God, then just make that clear to me. And God, I pray that, uh, I pray that they would just be faithful to give you that opportunity. And we praise you yet again for all that you are. We praise you not only that you were born, Teach us how to live, and God, that you died and rose again, that we might have more. We 